I'm coming live from the Music Garage Chicago. So they're listening to Six Wings Fried Hard. What is this podcast about? This podcast is about two rude boys from Chicago that are still exploring their friendship through music and current events. Universal is opening in two weeks. Yo, Universal. Um, yeah. In LA. And in the end of the month, Disney is opening. So no matter what, I'll be there soon. <laughs> I got my appointment to get my first shot. Nice. I forget when it is, but it's pretty soon. Cool. Linda, too? Please, you think I could manage to get one without her setting it up? <laughs> That's cool, though. That means you all will be able to figure out how to start living life, living life at the next phase. Yeah, so we'll have that. That'll make us feel slightly safer. I'll still probably wear a mask. But yeah, I'm eager to find a good mosh pit after that. You still have to wear a mask in a lot of situations. Yeah, I mean, that figures. I just honestly didn't look up anything. Well, out in public in general, it's not like you can wear a shirt to say I'm vaccinated. That's a good point, yeah. Once you all are fully vaccinated, according to the CDC, if we're all in the room together, none of us have to wear a mask. So anytime you and Linda are, are visiting fully vaccinated people after that, masks aren't necessary. What if you want to do like a Phantom of the Opera kind of thing? Then I guess that's what you do. I'm honestly hoping that mask culture stays a part of our culture in the U.S. forever. Oh, it really should. Yeah. I used to, like, see Asian people with masks on, like, 10, 20 years ago in the airport. I'd be like, what are these people doing? I didn't really get it. Yeah, like, look at this douche. What the fuck are they doing? You know what? That proves they planned this. They just got the timing wrong. Mm. <laughs> you think they just wanted to fail mask? No, but seriously, like, yeah, it's just for general health. Like, I almost think I'm going to wear one forever on airplanes. Yeah, so even apparently I was looking at something. I think it was infant deaths from the the flu or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it was, like, this is random off the top of my head, too, and I don't feel like looking it up either. But, like, it was some case where it was, like, I think infant deaths from the flu is, like, 100 to 150 a year or something like that. And I think they said it's been one this year. That makes sense. Yeah, of course. But it's because people are staying away from each other and people are wearing masks. So even the regular flu can't spread the way it usually does. The funny thing is the regular flu, like, it partially got around because it wasn't really that bad. Like, yes, obviously a lot of people die from it. But most people got who were in decent health got over it. So they could continue to disinfect. So we lived with the regular flu for so long because it wasn't as bad as COVID. Apparently, the regular flu is the Spanish flu. So it depends on how you look at it. Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the the descendant of that. Yeah, well, that that's how much we've dominated, dominated right. it. So it, it is a variant of it that stayed around, but for the most part, it's not as dangerous to the average person as it was 100 years ago. And that's the same thing that could happen with coronavirus. Like, I don't think the numbers will stay high with it, but its existence will probably be forever. Oh, yeah, almost for sure. We're going to be fighting this for a while. Yeah, it might just turn into something else that we never get rid of itself. Yeah, where we just take a shot every year. Exactly. But either way, it's probably not going to be, like, deadly after a while anymore. Right. Unless it does change into some crazy mutant form. It's going to mutate and all that. They're gonna. There's still a lot of science to do, obviously. But I, I don't think it's going to mutate in some crazy way. 
in the next couple of years. Like on the hundred year scale, for sure, something wild will happen like that. But I don't think we're going to see that in the short term. All right, so you picked the album for today. Why don't you tell the listening audience what we're listening to? This week it will be Amy Winehouse, B-Sides. So I was almost going to say this is our first non-ska record, but that's debatable. It is debatable. It's at least partially ska. And not just Um, that, but two specials covers. Two? Which is almost like somebody trying to prove a point. What point would that be? That they love the specials and that they're one of the greatest bands of all time. Well, I believe she truly um, do, does love the specials. Yeah, I feel like that comes through strong. Monkey Man and You're Wondering Now are the two special songs. Of, of course. Do you remember who made Hey Little Ridge Girl? I don't off the top of my head. Because um, the Crombies cover that as well, local Chicago two-tone band. They have a nice version of that. But that's also a Sky song. So, yeah, it's a mix, but, like, I, you know, part of the albums that I've been highlighting so far are sometimes either regular covers where people can be like, ooh, okay, I see the difference between Sky and regular music. Or also, in this case, you know, Amy Winehouse is an ex- was an extremely, wasn't is an extremely popular artist. And um, this is one of her passions as well, like, you know, was um, Sky clearly because, you know, yeah, and like from what I feel like, you know, you can you can even tell from some of the passion from the performances in the Sky songs in this. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. All right, I'm embarrassed about something. I just checked it, and actually, "Hey Little Rich Girl" is a special song, and that's what I figured. See, I didn't want to say it, and that is bad. Shame on both of us. Right. Maybe we should edit that out, but I would say just leave it. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but also, yeah, I, I might, was, hold on. We might not be done being wrong because a lot of songs I think of as special songs I've learned are actually covers of older tunes. But that's not, ne- look, listen, we all learning together. Yeah. You know, this, this, this show is about learning. For real. <laughs> it's like two buddies having fun, but learning at the same time. So, like, I liked Amy Winehouse, but I never got deep into Amy Winehouse. At least, like, in this version of the world, I feel like there's an alternative universe where I got deeper into it. Maybe even, like, had, like, an unhealthy perception of my relationship with her. Because this is kind of my style of music. Especially this cut. So, I was glad you picked this. Yeah. I was I was glad that... I mean, I'm glad that it exists in general. Because Amy Winehouse is very well respected. Just... For her vocal abilities, period, especially to be a lower um voiced singer. Yeah. Cause and especially as a lady, like, you know, they don't always get highlighted. I mean, men and lady like ladies are like a lot of time like people with the higher voices like will be considered the ones like, ooh, listen to what they can do. But like when you can use the creativity of your voice, a mid range voice, to impress people, that's just next level to be able to do that. And her man, like, you know, She's one of my top two singers in general, just because of what she was able to do. Monster. So, like, knowing that she did these songs, like, yeah, they some of my favorites for sure. The one thing I didn't get to was learn a little bit more about the backing band. Because for the most part, there's a tremendous set of instrumentalists she has on this album with her. 
And I wanted to know if these were just studio people or if this is like the band that she plays with. Maybe that's something we could research a little more. I'm actually not sure about that. So one thing I would say about her is it's more, it's more likely that she uses different musicians often. Yeah, I'll bet. And I would only say that because she's not like a band person. You know what I mean? It's like it's not like Amy Whitehouse is a member of a band. Amy Whitehouse was just an artist, you know, just like a lot of other people of this generation. You know, so it's like, like yeah, hearing her do that album would make it seem like, well, yeah, cool, this feels like a band just like the Scott bands we know of because it's always the same people playing with them or whatever. But I'm almost positive she probably took... Like, maybe some musicians she worked with often, but this seems like it was probably like a session-type situation to me. They just had pretty good performances, which, in a way, like, I thought about that, too. It's like, I do like some of these songs, but, like, in a way, the performances of the musicians, like, I, I would have to, like, take a second to get more in-depth about it and, I guess, think about it. But, like, in a way, the Sky Covers... It sounds like musicians that don't play Scott often playing a Scott album to me. Especially, in a way. Yeah. And not necessarily not necessarily in a bad way, but it sounds like just these really good musicians, like, oh yeah, we know what Scott is. Oh, you want to cover the specials? Bam, let's do it. Right. Like that's what I'm saying. And I have no doubt that's what it is. Even if these are musicians that she uses all the time. Because even her music is like, you know, most of her music is R and B style. You know, so like that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm almost betting that's what happened. You know, like just some like good musicians that like was like, yeah, we could play Sky. Yeah, I'm just checking it out on Wikipedia right now, and she's got a lot of like random folks that don't necessarily have Sky, you know, in their background, even though they're accomplished musicians. And that's what I expect, even from hearing it. Kind of, I felt the most about that, I think, with Hey Little Rich Girl. Sure. It was it was something about that one that made me feel that way. That's your favorite track or no? No, my favorite. I love You're Wondering Now anyway, and I think she has a pretty good cut of that. And I like Monkey Man more than Little Rich Girl too on here. Yeah, I thought Monkey Man was a really good cover. Because also that's kind of like oh, a weaker yeah. special song to me. I feel like this elevated it. Really? It's interesting to hear that a cover elevated someone's song. Well, it should by design. That's the idea of a good cover. When you say elevate, do you mean it makes it better? Like, that means the cover is better? Uh, either better or introduces totally new ideas to it. Because that's all I'm saying. Like, in what way would a new version helped the old version. Well, let's talk about a classic Scott cover like Real Big Fish's cover of Take On Me from the 80s band Aha. You could argue either way which version is a better song. Real Big Fish's version is better. <laughs> They're both great tunes, and the Real Big Fish one probably makes people appreciate the old one more, if anything, and I think that's true here, too. I can feel that. I feel that in a way, because people love the old version to this day. Of course. But I think if people heard the new version, they'd be like, fuck, this rocks hard. Because that's the thing, like, you know, a lot of people, of course, like, still don't know the new version exists. That's crazy to me. How can you not know that? And I, so Some good. people do. I think it might have been on basketball. Yeah. So that would have helped. But that's also, a, a, in a way, an obscure movie, even though it's the South Park people. 
Um, everybody haven't seen that movie. Right. I was going to pick Valerie for my favorite, but the baseline in this cut of Valerie is so weak. It really feels empty to me without the orchestration. So funny thing is, as some people might know, I am in the Chicago sky being running punch. We actually do the other version of Valerie. <laughs> yeah. A fair amount at shows because people love it. Because and and the funny oh, yeah. thing is the other version of Valerie fits more in a sky set, you know, because it got the quick tempo and everything. I was thinking that too the whole you know, time. Yeah, doing the hits and everything. That version of Valerie would fit this album more, so it's, it was just kind of funny. But yeah, I, um, Valerie, another good song. In case people didn't know, Amy Winehouse's Valerie is two versions of it. Both of them are really good hits. I prefer the quicker one. Um, I, I prefer the jazzier version. Instead of the more R and B soulful version. But 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 good cuts either way. She sing the shit out of it either way. I think Cupid might be my favorite. I mean that's I always like that song, and if I'm gonna be frank, I never liked the Westbound Trains cover of it, which was the classic go to ska version. Really? But something about this one is just really good to me. The only other like ska or like even reggae influence. I'm sure there's some reggae versions out there. I don't know, but yeah. So the only other cover of that that you know about is Westbound Train? I bet she did not know Westbound Train did it as much as they are a tremendous band that I like. That's just interesting you know. that she was sitting next to do it after Westbound Train. You know what? I feel like I need to listen to Westbound Train again because... I think I remember telling you that I wasn't the biggest fan. Yeah. Like, and and honestly, that's true because I actually, honestly, I don't know much about them, only because I only saw them once at Clearwater like 15 years ago, and I think it was one of those nights where I just wasn't having the best time while they played. Man, shows, it's just crazy how a whole show, it could be a lot to a show. The venue is important. The people in the room is important, especially when it's a new band that you haven't heard. All of that is important, which it, sh it shouldn't be as important as it is, but that's part of the reason that people feel the way that they feel about music a lot of the time, like especially if you learned about a band in person. Like, it's about the whole night. It might be about what you ate before you got there, what friends you with, when you entered the room, like how you felt, how it smelled, and then bam, the sound that you hear. That's like some of that shit just locks you in forever. Like, so, like, sometimes you just need, like, the perfect situation, you know. And with that, and I loved Clearwater. But for, but I do remember, for whatever reason, being ready to go while they were playing. But maybe even before. And honestly, I don't even think they were headliners, so maybe that wasn't it. When we saw Wes Brown, that was with Big D at Clearwater, right? Wasn't that the same night, or you don't remember? Probably. We for sure saw Wes Brown at Clearwater. We weren't there that often without being on the show. I think we played that once or twice, and I think I've been there total three or four times. Maybe you've been there a few more times than me, but this <laughs> this is awesome watching you die. There's no way you didn't turn your mic off because it, it looked like you was fucking dying over there. But no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I think I've been to wet, uh, Clearwater... Is that still there? Three or four times. And I think we played there maybe twice. At least once. In West Dundee, Illinois, right? I love that theater. And I'm positive that they weren't headlining. Yeah, it was probably Big D headlining, them second, 
There was like a band that ran that venue. I forget their name, but I think they were on it. And then like the Kool-Aid Kids and Dr. Ed and the Flu Shots probably. So it was probably a long night. Are you talking about uh, Grape Soda Jerks? No, I don't think they were on that show. Maybe they could have been, but I don't think so. You know what? All three of them bands might have been on the show. Because that's how they used to do it sometimes. Well, sure, yeah. They would stack all of these kids as many as they could on with the bigger bands, which I thought was great. I wish I could do that right now. If I had that venue in the suburbs right now, I would try to go with that damn near the same business model. Yeah. Except for they went out of business. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to learn see, about some of this stuff now because you know I want to one day open a bar slash venue. But not at that scale. That was a huge place. That's part of the problem. It is, yeah. See, but this is the deal. They were in the suburbs, though. A place that huge is going to be small room Chicago price, you know. In comparison, some of the time. You're, but, I mean, it's your operating costs I'm thinking about as the owner. But even operating stuff like that in the suburbs is going to be cheaper. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be harder to fill some of those places, like, unless you're getting big bands all the time because you're in the suburbs. Right. But, I mean, that's the same issue in the city. And that's all I'm saying. Operating costs are outrageous in Chicago. Yes, they'll be outraged in the city like Los Angeles too compared to like some random Midwest suburb, but it's more justifiable in LA. Yeah, I mean, here is spread out. So there's a chance, depending on what neighborhood you pick, that, you know, you could find an angle on something. I don't know. It looks like... It don't matter what neighborhood it is, it's going to be way more expensive than Chicago. If yeah, pro- well, not for sure, but probably. I mean... If I went to some place like Boyle Heights to open a venue, I could probably do it for, I mean, I don't want to throw numbers around. No matter what, it's a lot of money, but like that would be plausible versus like, let's say like Logan Square in Chicago, it'd be twice as much. Yeah, if I'm not too concerned with neighborhood or if we did apples to apples, then yeah, LA is going to be more, I think, than Chicago for sure. 100%. Oh yeah, it's closed up. What's closed up? The uh, Clearwater Theater, I'm checking out. Oh, that motherfucker closed a long time ago. I heard they lost that liquor license, so uh, the owner just started going to Walgreens and getting it himself. Yeah, why not? Yeah, they just... They didn't work out for him, though? They closed shortly after that. Well, you got a business like that. I think they got caught selling (laughs) underground liquor. Don't quote me on this, but I'm almost positive I'm... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, Rachel J. from Arlington Heights was not a fan. She left one star for this place. She must don't like good music. You got that Fuck right. you, Rachel. All things aside, every show I went to at Clearwater Theater was a dope-ass show, so they at least did that part very well. They tried to book well, and they were out there trying to help kids get recognized. Yeah, yeah. And when we were playing, we were kids, you know, so that's part of the appreciation. Yep. But even now, like, of course, I would appreciate anybody trying to give young musicians a shout-out here because that's who it's about, the young dreamers. Right. Yeah, I mean, for me, with what I'm trying to open one day, it looks like Friday and Saturday have to be moneymaker nights. So, like, that's where all the bills get paid. But then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I can do local shows, anything I want. And not even to say that, like, Friday can't be a good show, but it's, like, not. it's got to be a band with a draw. No, I feel you on that. I got a lot of ideas for a Chicago venue if I can ever get my hands on one. Even really anywhere. 
Because, you know, you could do an open mic nights, karaoke nights. You just need to have the right people right. supporting your night. That's exactly right. Yeah, you need, like, a little community around it. I even want to do, like, a like Sunday morning science thing where people come in for lectures and shit. Maybe there's breakfast tacos and whatnot. Just use this space, right? And if you get stuff like that running consistently and you get people running those individual things so whoever runs friday saturday night has nothing to do with the sunday morning thing except for the space you could really maximize that and the business could work out on paper it's starting to make sense to me yeah man it's still not a great investment <laughs> it's like a five percent margin kind of business it, for some people it depends like that's that's not at max you know, productivity. I, I'm pretty sure that's probably just a predicted, like, oh, this is a good place to be. But you can always do better than other people did. In theory. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about traffic, which mostly means location. Once in a while, you can just be a legendary place that people will come to. Like, the fireside is technically in the middle of nowhere, even though it's in Chicago, you know. Like, it's near, what, Tile Outlet? Was in the, the middle of line? nowhere. It was in the middle of nowhere, but now Logan is one of the most popping neighborhoods. Now you want to have a venue in Logan, in Pilsen. Logan and Pilsen are two different things. But they're two of the most popping neighborhoods. Yeah, but hold on. All right, I realize I haven't been there, but if I get off at Fullerton and Western and I go west, I'm going to pass like the tile outlet, the Cholo bar that's in Kyle Canane's comedy routine, and then the fireside and a bunch of bullshit. It's not like there's popping off bars and stuff, or is there now? You know Milwaukee is around the corner from Fullerton, right? Fullerton meets Milwaukee at California. Yeah. Western California are a half mile from each other. So the Yeah, but I bet there ain't shit in between. But you don't have to go all the way to California. You could cut through the neighborhood and be on Milwaukee. Okay. And Milwaukee is full of bars. Milwaukee is literally a bar crawl now. Oh, over there. okay. It's like stupid over there. So if somebody gets an apartment, like if you move to Chicago and you move to 2401 North Fullerton, Northwestern, and you're on the corner of Western and Fullerton, case in point. Oh, shit. The closest bar is four blocks away, but it's 27 of them. That's all you need to know. Oh, the Fireside Bowl isn't on a block. It's on a block with a towel outlet and a Domino's now, by the way. No, that's been there. Okay, yeah, fine. But literally within the five-minute walk is 20 bars. That's that's all you need to know. That's it. Like So, like, I get, I get what you're saying. They're not on the same block as it, but some people prefer that. I live in West Town now. Um, near the music garage where we're coming live from right now. I, I live a few blocks from here. West Town is right next to the West Loop. The West Loop is known to be extremely popping and like getting expensive, nice, all that. I love my block because it's quiet. But if I want to walk to action, I'm less than a mile from downtown. Um, I'm like three blocks from Fulton Market, which is one of the like most, like, you know, exciting up-and-coming areas right now. It's all these restaurants. Man, it's like, I, I went there. Anymore. Fuck that place. But that's a separate point. I don't give a shit about it either. I was saying that, like, as a thing. All right. Fulton Market. You want to know the funniest thing about Fulton Market? You want to know why? Who did you hear about Fulton Market from? Two places. My wife, obviously, who reads, like, you know, foodie-type shit, but also a podcast oh. was trying to talk it up real big. 
Okay. And that's what's fucked up. You know, I you know I drive Uber a little bit. I have um not as much as I used to, but I drive it. Um um used to drive it a lot. I found out about Fulton Market dropping people off there. And that was my point. Well, that's why I asked you, how did you find out about it? Fulton Market, of course, is pushed to certain neighborhoods here, too, in a way. Um, but Fulton Market was pushed to tourists first. Yeah. So it's like, of course, fuck that place. That's not even really Chicago. Right. And yeah, those are the closest bars. But that's my only point. It's like, if I do want to get to action or if I have Chicago visitors, case in point, I could literally walk over to them. But I like that I don't live in it. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with the Fireside Bowl or anybody that live around there. Yeah, you might want to live close to the Fireside Bowl because it's not action anyway. But you can walk two blocks away to it. That's still really close. You hit it on point. It's funny you said it that way, too, because I hadn't been able to articulate it. But part of what I didn't like about that place was it didn't feel it was like a fake authenticity. It was trying to come off like it was like you know, a Chicago place or something. I was like, this ain't Chicago to me. This this wasn't here to recently. Exactly. There used to be all types of meat factories and stuff on Fulton. That's exactly what Fulton was. Yeah. And most of those restaurants aren't from Chicago people. Right. So, like, that whole strip is literally, like, and even when I, like, after Uber, after that, if people ask what they should do if they're in Chicago and I pick them up near downtown, I would tell them to go to Fulton Market. Yeah. Because that's what the fuck it's there for. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, it's there for those motherfuckers. I've ate at a few places off that street over the years since it existed, but it was places I already knew existed that I wanted. Like, Gus's Fried Chicken, I think, is from Louisiana, I believe. Mm-hmm. Somewhere south, they do hot chicken, but they got a lot of soul sides and stuff. So I've eaten there before. Randolph Street is down the street from Fulton Street. Randolph Street is where Oprah Studio used to be. Right. That street also is full of bars and restaurants. That now. always was, so yeah. Both, Flat Top Girl, Wishbone, places it's like crazier that. crazier now. Okay. It's even crazier. So they have a taste of Randolph every summer now. That's cool. Yeah, so both those streets are full of restaurants, and they're two blocks from each other. So I do like living near them. But yeah, Randolph Street is it fit it don't even feel I mean, Fulton specifically. It don't feel like Chicago because Chicago's Chicagoans don't know about it. Yeah. They know about Randolph Street, of course, but Fulton, they'll turn on that street and be like, What is this over here? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's like we knew there were condos and stuff going up there, like yuppie kind of things and Starbucks and whatnot. But it's yeah, something about it feels fake. And none of the restaurants, we went in there. Everything, everything was overpriced, and it was not that good. Yeah, and think about it. Your wife told you about it. A non-Chicagoan, yeah. That's exactly, and that's why I asked why you heard about it. Because I knew it was going to be like, oh, a newspaper, you said a podcast. Because it's like, it'll be certain things, but like towards other people. Yeah, Chicago people would have heard that podcast too. But those Chicago people would have heard it from that podcast, not from Chicago people. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's crazy. Like, because that is not that is not an area meant for Chicago people. If it's any Chicago people listening to this podcast right now, they might be hearing about that street sure. right now on this podcast. But man, yeah, I'm, I'm eager to come do some bar hopping then at some point, probably this year actually. I think that's a realistic. Maybe this year. Right. Maybe this year, but now that y'all getting y'all shots, I know I'll be able to see y'all, and that's cool. 
Yeah. And the new house, the TV show ain't out yet, but uh, we had the renovation show. Oh, fuck. Y'all did renovate. Yeah. It's pretty dope, dude. Like, seriously, you're going to be blown away because you saw it before. That's what's crazy. I think, like, I'm thinking of You're not going to believe it. The kitchen, it looks like somebody's parents' house. And the bathroom is like a hotel. It's nuts. You walk into the bathroom, and the light just turns itself on. Oh, my God. I can't wait to take a shit. I can't wait to take a shit. <laughs> we got one of those uh, hoses that comes out and squirts at you. Oh, shit. The bidet? No, we didn't do that. But we could have. They were pushing hard on that. <laughs> Dude, they sell you I'm so hard on upgrades. I'm going to text Vanessa in a minute and see if she could come to L.A. next time I come. Yeah, that'd be good. I want the kids she come in April. I mean, I told you I got a little out of town thing, and I got to get my second shot, but all that's going to be wound up by the end, towards the end of April. So. No, yeah, it would be after that anyway because I'm going to Florida first. Florida's nuts, though, man. I don't know if you want to go there. They had some incidents with spring break people I was hearing about. Although you you vaccinated. I'm not going to that point. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, too. You're going to it. I'm vaccinated, and I'm not going with those dumbass spring break people. I'm going to Orlando. It's, I'm going with the regular crazy park people. But that's a different crazy, and that'll be fine. They must I'm be checking people at the media. gate, too. Not that you can detect it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And also, like, I, like I carry my card with me, my vaccination card. But yeah, if y'all come out, I don't know what's going to be open. I just heard something that we're going to Orange, whatever that means, and it's going to be, like, more open. They're letting half the people in restaurants and shit. I don't know. I just want to be in a mosh pit. <laughs> you can't really do it at half-capacity half mosh pit. That's a terrible name for a band. So I'm probably coming to L.A. August 1st, too. I'm gonna be in Seattle a few for a few days before that. Okay, that's cool. My birthday is July 31st, as you know. Mm -hmm. I try to get to a Harry Potter world on my birthday every year, but I probably won't this year. But I'm probably gonna go to LA instead of Orlando for my birthday this year because LA is better in general. So I'm just letting you know that now cool. in case you gonna happen to be in town. Because if you are, we could do something. That yeah, April for sure. April 1st, August 1st is a Sunday. And I, like, I will be getting there like literally that day probably or like late the night before. Listen, you're talking my language now. You're planning ahead. This is what I do. If I'll block the whole week. We could go into a studio if you want. We can do all types of shit as long as I know in advance. Oh, no, bro. Listen, this is something I want to do too because this is important to me. Yeah. We have to keep working on the um, Taylor Swift project for Linda. I like that, too. So let's book time. As long as you want to stay, we'll go every day. I'll get a practice room. We'll do all that. We'll just work shit out. You know what? I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to try to see if anybody else can meet me in L.A. that week. Why not? So for sure, like now that we're talking about it, I'm 100% coming to L.A. It's either going to be on the 31st or the 1st, but I'm probably just going to do the 1st. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm probably just going to stay in Seattle all the way through. Like, that's what I'm saying. Even if I come to L.A. on the 31st, it's going to be late at night. You know, just because I'm, I'm fit. I, like, I don't know what I'm doing yet, 
But I know some of it I'm doing the hotel. You know what I mean? Even though now that All I right. think about it, now that I think about it, if it works, it might be cool if I get in late on the 31st to not have to get a hotel. Yeah. Like, so we'll see later, but I might be hitting you up about that. For sure. Either way, if I'm there for a week, I know I'm going to get a hotel because I'm going to want to. You know, like, even if I did get offered, like, and I appreciate when y'all do that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, if I'm ever there a long time, some of it will be a hotel, too. Yeah, man. If you need to establish an alibi or whatever, I get it. I don't know what that means, but (laughs) (laughs) it's just keeping shit cool, you know? Like, I love you and Linda, and I appreciate But the walls are thin, sure. Yeah, well, even from that standpoint, a week, after a week, I know I'm going to hear something, you know, and so are you. So. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good, man. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, I'm for sure, I'm going to lock in the L.A. thing, so I'm going to be flying to L.A. either late on the 31st or early on the 1st. That's what I'm probably going to do late on the 31st. Sure, why not? Because I know I want to try to go. Well, if you know you could get a few days off or will, then I won't have as much pressure to do a park on the 1st because then you could just do it on the 1st if you want to. Sure, On the 2nd, on Monday, if you're going to be off. And, like, obviously, if you got to, like, I know how you do at parks. If you still got to take work calls, it is what it is. No, I have. I know how you do. Yeah, I at that one time, I kind of took away from us because I had a big emergency thing. But no, most shit's pretty cool now, so I can actually take a day off. No, I don't care. It just is what it is. Like if you off, I know you still sort of have to look at shit. I appreciate that. I doubt you ever have a day where you completely off. There's no way you don't check your business every day. Yeah, I'm a small business owner, of course not. Yeah, exactly. Like I know, even if y'all out the country, you gonna. Open something to look at some shit. Yeah, of course. Even if you try not to touch it, you have to know. Yep. Got to mind yeah, the story. So I get that. Oh, and I forget, L- Linda is involved, so it's not like she ever going to be like, oh, no, don't look. <laughs> she don't seem like the type. She don't seem like the type that don't want to know what's going on. Very true. Yeah, we could do more if we get. What else? do? Did we talk about the album enough? We touched on it. I mean, honestly, that's going to be up to the fans. I expect we'll get some comments where people are like, these guys ramble too much, but you know what? Fuck them. This show is mostly about rambling. I hope they get that. I agree. You know, some of it is just random, random. I guess we could get better at... <laughs> I like the random, um, but also we need to... Um, if the edits are working fine enough for you to be satisfied, I'll go with it. Even though I should listen to make sure I am too. Oh, I'm just going to come back later complaining because that's what I do. Like I deal with the name. But (laughs) maybe we can do a few more hard topics. Like we missed something today. I think I was supposed to tell my edible story. Oh, that's right. I'll start taking notes and stuff like that too. So let's remember at least next week, I'll tell my edible and vaccination story. Good. uh, Because that was the same night. And by next week, will you have had your first shot? Yes. Yeah, I'll be half vaxxed. The second one's worse, though, right? Oh, yeah. That's why I want to talk about that one. Especially if you take a fucking 200 milligram edible. <laughs> oh, it was 600. Even better. I should eat one of those bags on the air. The only trouble is it doesn't take at least like an hour to kick in. 
Thanks for tuning in to Six Wings Fried Hard. Our theme song is New Orleans Funeral by Run and Punch. 